Hey everybody, welcome back to Pixelit and the last episode of Bloodborne. Here with me as always is my good friend Phil. Hello ladies and gentlemen, we're here to talk about Bloodborne. How are you? Well, answering for the ladies and gentlemen, I think they're fine. I bet they are. If they're listening to a podcast, they probably don't have too much to worry about. Or unless, unless... They're listening to the podcast to get away from the horrors of, of their current life, in which case, I'm going to shut up about it. <laughs> in which case, welcome. And, welcome. Uh, and we hope we can, we can help you out on, those, on that journey. Um, or, you know, if you're just doing chores, like I, that's how I listen to podcasts. Absolutely. <laughs> Is when I'm, I'm doing usually dad, working. When I'm doing dad work around the house, that's, yeah. that's, my, that's my podcast time. Yeah, that's that's pretty much the same for me. I'm usually working. <laughs> oh boy. Um so that's the high point of this episode. It's all downhill from here it's, because it's gonna be a tough one. Yeah. It's gonna be a tough one. If you're a Bloodborne <laughs> fan, if you're a Bloodborne graphic novel fan, uh well, you you might have tuned out after uh <laughs> after episode three of Bloodborne <laughs> in which we had we had harsh words. If if you're a Bloodborne graphic novel fan, stop. Stop. That's just get some yeah. help. Just, just yeah, get some help. The the Michael insert the Michael Jordan get some help <laughs> gift. Stop <it>. here. <laughs> <laughs> because uh, this oh, is bad. Man. This is bad. It's, it's so frustrating because if you guys need to channel back to the first couple of uh, episodes of our Bloodborne series, it was only a, it only started a few weeks ago uh, 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 for y'all we were excited about this. So excited. Yeah. We were actually like, oh, they're taking this and like, it's in a slightly different direction, but it's still bloodborne and it's got something really special going on here. That's kind of cool. And, uh, and then, then it comes to bloodborne volume four, um, which I I believe is called the veil shut the bed. (laughs) Uh, So that's, uh, you know, that tells you everything you need to know. They just, you know, at least they're honest. Oh, the, fuck. No, that's not what it's called. It's uh, called the veil wrapped around dog poop. Yes, that's right. That's right. The poopy veil. The poopy veil. The the veil o' poop. Uh, oh, veil. man. I feel like this is the meanest we've ever been. It but is. At this point, it's kind of deserved because fool me once. Uh, I forget how that goes. I mean, it's, yeah. it's actually <laughs> kind of hard. It's hard to remember because George Bush screwed it up so spectacularly i can't remember <laughs> i can't gotta, remember how it actually is supposed to go you can't you can't decide the bloodborne decider uh <laughs> it's just yeah I, and it's frustrating and and because kevin and i are both artists we both work in artistic fields that's how we met uh and it's very difficult for us uh to really come down on someone for at least trying and for doing something. And that's, that's never something we're ever going to, you know, we're not here to crush spirits. We don't take pleasure in it. No, no. If anything, all I wanted was for this to be pretty kick-ass because last week we started to kind of, we it was starting to get into a realm that we weren't so keen on. It was feeling weird. We were not thrilled about it, but there was still time. There was still time. To, yeah. 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 Period. There was still time. And, uh, 
They wasted that time, Kevin. They sure certainly wasted Kevin, that they, time. They, they wasted that time. <laughs> the time is gone. Oh, man. Oh, man. And this it was is just... the last of the Bloodborne graphic novels, as Ended. far as I know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean... I mean, I think we're good. I- <laughs> we're fine. We're fine. Um, you know, and 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 yeah, just fine, really. Uh, I'm gonna put them up on my my bookshelf next to all my other graphic novels and and let them sit. And then in a year or two, someone will come to visit and they'll go, "Oh, neat! Uh, Bloodborne graphic novels. I didn't know they did that." And I'll turn and I'll suddenly look really haggard and, you know, have one eye and I'll be like, you shouldn't be touching cursed things. <laughs> and they're like, well, you know, I just I, I was just kind of I used to love that video game. I, I like how I thought it was like, no, stay away from this cursed <laughs> item torn from the devil's butthole. you <laughs> would be like, are you sure I can't? I mean, I'll give you I'll give you 10 bucks for them. And they're like 10 bucks. Yeah, here you go. <laughs> good luck good luck good luck kid you can actually you can still flip through them and admire the art the actual Ooh. the the art in it um yes. that's fine yes the i have i have nothing have, but good i have nothing but good things to say about this nothing artwork, but good really. thing to say about the artwork and that's really 50 percent of it but the other 50 yeah. percent, the writing on this we like the first one we yep. liked the second one we were hoping number three was better than it was, and it wasn't. And then number four was a repeat of number three, but kind of more warmed warmed over. It's like yeah. it's like instead of it's like being number three was put into a microwave and yeah. heated up, but not quite, not quite to the right temperature. Right. So like yeah. the outside of it is hot. But the inside of it is still cold and you're still eating it anyway because you have no shame. Right. Right. But then after you finished the slice, the heartburn sets in. And the more you think about it, the more you're like, well, what the fuck? I didn't need that. I wasn't that hungry. I wasn't even hungry. I was just bored. I was bored. I was bored. And I said, if I don't eat that slice of the pizza, then my girlfriend's going to go in there and she's going to say she's going to eat. I don't want her to have that pizza. That's my pizza. God damn it. So I put it in and it was that there was that pan pizza, which never reheats right. Nope. You know, you put it in the microwave and it just becomes a goddamn brick. And it's too much tomato sauce, not enough cheese. Your stomach. Eh, God, my stomach hurts. I made some bad decisions on takeout this weekend. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm I'm a little frustrated. Just relit just relitigating your your food choices. Yeah, I'm just I'm just I'm 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 mad, but for a lot of reasons is what I'm getting at. All Jesus. Right. So let's get into why we don't like yeah. it. Yeah, let's 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 actually explain in specifics let's, what we let's mean. Let's explain. We don't have to. We could just, you know, stop right now and play Mario Kart for the rest of the night, but we're we could gonna- do that. And just upload the audio file of us talking trash while we play Mario Kart. You guys yeah. would like that. Yeah, you would like that. That might wouldn't actually you? make for a pretty good bonus episode. <laughs> yeah, I think that would make for a good bonus episode. So play that new Mario Golf game. Oh, how was that? Mm. I haven't played it yet, but it looks good. It looks oh, fun. Oh yeah. It looks fun. It looks like a chill time. Yeah, exactly. Speaking of not chill times. Right. <laughs> uh basically this 
this book starts with our protagonist, who I guess he's a protagonist. He's just kind of a dude narrating things that are happening to him. That is exactly <laughs> what I was going to say. Yes. Does he make the meet the definition of a protagonist? I, man, I remember. All right, you know what? We're not even going to get into it. I'm still, I'm still, I'm still going to rant here. Uh, I remember being about 14, 15 years old, and it was when I first started writing fiction, like in earnest. You know, yeah. And uh, and my dad at a used bookstore found the 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 classic. Any writers out there know exactly what I'm talking about. The the Writer's Digest. Uh, uh, you know, novel and short story publication book. And it's just one of these big fat books. They come out with them every year and it's got all these different publications and that sort of thing. And it's just, it's a resource for writers to get their stuff published. And I was so excited. I didn't know that thing existed. So I start just hammering out stories and I'm 14 years old. And all I do is read Stephen King. Right. So it's all horror. And, uh, and and I'm writing stuff that I think is pretty brilliant. I think I'm a genius. You know, nothing's changed. And uh, and I and the thing that people kept writing back to me, these editors who bless their hearts. And by the way, if you're a writer trying to get, you know, trying to get published and an editor takes the time to put ink to paper to give you personal advice on the stuff that you wrote, you thank your lucky stars and you listen to everything they have to say because they do not have time for that. They right. just don't. And I got real lucky with a couple of editors who wrote me back and said, Hey, here's the deal. And, uh, and I'm sure it's part of it's because they seen these stories from 14 year olds. And the thing they kept saying was like, we want a story where a protagonist does things, not right. has things done to them. Right. And now that I'm, you know, years old, you know, and I've written some things, gotten some things published, and I, and I know a little more about it. I totally get that. How how is it that a writer who didn't take the advice that I got when I was 14 years old managed to get this shit published? I do not understand it because he <laughs> you're right. You nailed it. He's not. I guess he's a protagonist in the sense that he's our main character, but he doesn't do much things are done to him right yeah he's basically if nick caraway which <laughs> which is a great gatsby reference if there nick, you go nick caraway who we're is, literary man who is probably one of the more famous passive protagonists in yeah. in literature if Nick Carraway was dumped in Yarnum and decided to ki- commit double homicide after a threesome. But we're getting ahead of ourselves. <laughs> we are. We are. We are. You know what? Yeah, fuck it. Let's just go. All let's right. Just, so, yeah. Let's get into it. So, basically, this guy is a scholar, I assume. He's in a library. Yeah. He's reading, but he's also having these flashbacks and forwards. I think that's part of it is that there is no clear delineation as to when time is, which oh, yeah. is fine once. And we mm-hmm. had that already. We've with had that the, the flat table the, thing with the Eileen, the crow thing where it was time is a flat circle, whatever you get away with that. Once you can do that arc once yep. in a larger setting, you do it once and you yep. get it out of the way. And even in recollection, this made me feel that the Eileen the Crow story was brilliant in comparison. Oh, my God. I'm so glad you said that. 
Because I totally agree. Like, I feel like I was like, maybe I was too harsh with volume yeah, three. I, I, in, in, in volume three, I am like, man, I was too harsh because this this is nonsense. This is nonsense. This yeah. does so, this has very little uh connection to it feels very disconnected from Bloodborne itself. It absolutely I have a, does. I have a feeling I know possibly which character this might be but if it is that character it's a character that has is of such minor importance to the game mm-hmm. and i believe they are found in the dlc and they're, oh, they're wow. they are not the main purpose of the dlc they are just and you can miss them i think i have a oh. feeling i know who it is but Old choice it Raider. is a very very specific <laughs> wow person um, so basically the first issue is kind of these looping memories of yep. our guy. He's been on a battlefield. He's not from Yarnum originally. He's, he's got, he's got this kind of Conan quality of like, he's a, he's a, he's a scholar. He's a soldier. He's an adventurer. He's a thief. Uh, he's boring. Um, yes. You know, except Conan's not boring. Uh, Right. It's yeah. He's lived this big life. Yes, he's lived this big life. He's gone to he's he's. I'm not even sure what his motivation is. And I feel like there is part of it is almost a little. I want to say it's almost a little insulting because it's it's relying on tropes of mental illness that yeah. I find a little uncomfortable. Yeah. There are some, it's never outwardly said because obviously this isn't something that would be found that wouldn't be discussed necessarily in Bloodborne itself. And a lot of Bloodborne and Lovecraft and all that stuff has, it. it's not even subtext, it's the text is losing your mind, right? There's a difference between losing your mind be, from the exposure of eldritch horror to right. trying to tell a story and not doing it very well or very, um, I want to say cautiously or in a way that takes the matter seriously because yeah. the guy has displays the tropes of like schizophrenia, right? right? In one one moment he's, and I'm not even saying that these are these, this is how, what schizophrenia is. I'm just saying it's the way media has portrayed it yeah. And it makes me feel very made me feel kind of uncomfortable when I'm looking at it, because at one point the guy is like normal and then he's like grinning wildly and he has the his razor blade up to his own throat. Yeah. Apropos of nothing. And let's you know what? Let's let's go through the motions. Just be for beat real. Quick, sure. Just so that people know exactly what we're talking about. So this 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 guy, he starts out in a library, uh, uh, you know. We don't know what he's looking up exactly. Uh, he flashes back or forward to a war zone. He appears to be the only survivor. Uh, flashes back or forward to him falling asleep. He's woken up in the uh, library. I guess he dreamt about the uh, the the death and the mayhem. Maybe maybe he experienced it. Maybe he didn't. Uh, he makes eyes at a young lady and a young man, both in a bar. Which woohoo, good for you. Yep. Uh, we 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 at Pixel Lit love our bisexuals. Good for you. Good for you. Um, 
he it, it cuts forward or backward. I don't know uh, to him in an old fashioned. I did dig this an old fashioned scuba. You know the big yeah iron yeah thing yeah. And he is going down down under the ocean, and he finds what appears to be some sort of tear in reality with some sort of face, you know, peeking out from behind. It's a uh, literal veil torn asunder. Yes. Yes. Yeah, there you go. Um, <laughs> it, it cuts to him back somewhere in a ha- at a happy, uh, <laughs> happy looking sink. Uh, uh, I don't know what a, a happy looking sink looks like, but this is it. It's a Bob uh, Ross looking sink. Exactly. And uh, and he's he's thinking about some fortune teller giving him uh, uh, a fortune, uh, as yep. you would say, uh, thinking about, uh, you know, he's he's shaving himself slowly. You get the little kind of a little tension of the razor close to his throat. He goes back to the bedroom where the young man and the young woman who he was making eyes at in the bar uh, are nude, uh, which is just scandal. Scandal. Uh, and scandal, uh, and and then and he goes out for another evening walk. We've got some more chained up coffins. Always love it. Um, and uh, and he's just grinning like a madman at the buildings, which all seem to have faces yep. staring out at him. Uh, and then and and it cuts back to him in the bathroom, considering maybe 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 he's going to cut his throat. I don't know. Uh, and then he's back on the street being accosted by a horrible, long-legged, monstrous-looking yeah. thing in a hooded robe carrying a bag over its over its shoulder yeah. filled with God only knows what. And those, yeah, the, the, the bag is filled with other bodies. Um, oh, good. That's, good. that's something called a snatcher. Um, okay, so that's 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 straight out. I, I should have guessed. It was yeah, running into, I believe it's called a snatcher. Um, basically running into one of those you if you let one of them it's actually kind of neat because it was a it's like a secret it's a hidden area it's an, it's a place that you end up going to in the game regardless but you can get there earlier if you run into one of these guys and let them kill you basically if you let them kill you the idea is that they put your body into that bag and when you wake up next, you're somewhere completely different. Oh, okay. Okay. And that's pretty cool. Yeah, it's pretty cool. And that's what this, that's what kind of what it references at the beginning of the next issue, I think. Right. It's, I think it's a section. There's a big symbol that comes up, but I don't think it's the end of the. Yeah. I'm not issue. sure if it's the end of the issue myself. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, now, and by the way, by real quick, uh, yeah. by the way, you, you you listeners might be thinking, okay, you guys are tearing through these actions that are happening. Well, what is he talking about or thinking about while this is happening? Um, to which I might answer, nothing, nothing. It's meaningless. There it are is, words. There are there certainly are words. words. They're in English. They are in English. Uh, they are they are they are uh, competently spelled. Yep. Some but of them these... are complete sentences. Yeah. Some of them. Yeah. And it's just him talking about the truth and the thing that's inside of him and this this vague sense of madness 
that you get from somebody who's never actually read H.P. Lovecraft, who really wasn't that good of a writer to begin with. Let's face facts. Yep. Uh, and 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 they but they've heard people talk about what Lovecraft is supposed to be. It's like third generation Lovecraftian nonsense is yeah. what he's kind of babbling. Right. I heard Lovecraft once. Right. I heard I heard somebody talk about Lovecraft once is kind of ha- what the vibe of the dialogue is right. at this point. Right. Right. And 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 that's the the, the gist you're getting here while he's and he's flashing backwards and forwards kind of the same way that we saw in volume three you know and volume three had the and now i'm in retrospect pumping up volume three because volume three had the core subtext of there is a real wound at the heart of the character that has mm-hmm. to do with losing somebody that she cherished deeply. Right. There was a single thing that there was, was a flashing. Single back thing to. that it's that it's all circling yep. around. This is not circling around any one thing. It's circling around a dozen things. Which which could work if you're writing a novel, maybe. Right. If you were writing a novel and you had pages upon pages to work with, lots of lots of lots of room to play, and you were a competent writer then maybe you could make that work. Right. But that many thing in, in a, in a brief graphic novel with this kind of kind of weak narration is just frustrating. Yeah. So he wakes up after being captured by the snatcher naked and in a completely different part of town. And there is a low red moon hanging in the sky, which we have seen that motif several times already to sure. kind of, signify that it is something has changed in Yarnum, and it kind of puts this in a time and place so to speak that Mm -hmm. all the other stories uh ultimately end up in is this time around the arrival of this red moon and Yarnum, which is fine that gives it some sort of cohesion with the rest of the stories but it doesn't have any internal logic or cohesion because we continue to flash backward and forward to scenes that we've already seen, sort of like the guy falling asleep on top of the book at the library. Uh, things subtly change in each of the scenes, which makes sense and is an, and could be could have been a nice touch. But it could have been a nice touch with more meat on the narration that actually gave us some understanding of what the character is going through other than the truth is the truth and the truth is reality and et cetera, et cetera. Just stringing these quote unquote deep words together because right. the, uh, we cut back to his bedroom and now the couple is dead. He killed them. It looks like with his yeah, straight you razor. Get, you, you, we, yeah, we haven't been given the full extent of it. But you can see him in the background splattered and, and all that stuff. And, and right. they, you, you, the writing's on the wall. You get the impression. Of, you know, you get the gist. You don't. Uh, and if this was meant to be a surprise at that, if this was meant to be a surprise for later, if this person assumed that people wouldn't notice, then it, it's kind of an insult. But uh, I'm going to sure. I'm, I'm going to give benefit of the doubt. Yep. And we all know what what that all means. Yes. Uh, then and, he witnesses uh, a battle between two giant beasts the significance of which for i'm not sure what these two 
if these two are supposed to be supposed to be significant in this moment to the story. I know which two bosses these are. The one on the left is Dark Beast Parl, and the one on the right is called The One Reborn. Okay. They they're, they're pretty kick-ass monsters. They're I pretty kick-ass. Say. Yeah, they're pretty kick-ass monsters. They really don't have much to do lore-wise. I don't think they have much to do with each other other than geography. You encounter both in the same general vicinity, but okay. I don't think there's any real reason there's no reason for the two of them to be fighting if that makes right. sense. There's no there's sure. no connection between these two monsters other than they are at either end of the area. If I'm recalling correctly from the game, they're at either end of the area that he has wo- he has uh, woken up in. Yeah, and 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 I'll tell you what the significance to me uh, that wasn't lost on on me. I think this kind of tells you a little bit about everything that is sort of wrong with this volume, and it goes back to what I was talking about before. Our protagonist witnesses these colossal, kick-ass beings fighting, uh, just going in a battle. One's throwing fire at the other one. One's biting the other one. It's like a, it's like a goddamn, you know, spray paint collage you'd see on the side of a metal kid's van. Yeah, uh, you know, it's it's badass stuff. It's really cool. Uh, you know, Lamb of God should be playing in the background. It's fantastic. <laughs> You know, and uh, and he starts thinking back to the dead bodies on the war zone and the horrible face under the ocean that he saw. And he starts basically having a vision of himself burning up watching these this battle take place. He slowly is is being consumed by the flames because the veil is being torn asunder, apparently. Um, And it nothing. He's not doing anything. Right. He's not doing anything. Things are happening to him. Right. And it's and that's the thing. And and I and I know some of y'all are gonna listen and 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 some of you might think like this is some serious like bullshit, you know, freshman English stuff you're throwing down on me. Um, you know, what if I like this? What if I'm good with this? If you like this, fucking awesome, man. That's good for you. I'm I'm glad you're enjoying it. But the fact of the matter is, is a lot of people could see this and they might feel a little left a little hollow um when they see a scene like this in a comic or in a movie or something like that and they don't know why they aren't enjoying it more than they should and that's why we like to analyze this stuff because it gives you an idea and and right. that's why if you watched this and you're like this should be kicking more ass why doesn't this kick more ass like this is solid c plus b minus work why but I should be loving this. Why am I not loving this? The answer is probably because our protagonist, who we should be rooting for and everything, is doing nothing yeah. while it's all happening. There's no sense of stakes or urgency None. or anything. The protagonist isn't doing anything. And we also don't have any real thematic connection between what he is saying, what we are seeing, and the thrust of the plot. Right. We don't know why this is happening because it's all just vague, you know, the truth swallows the truth, swallows the truth, the truth forever devoured. Like, this isn't Dante, man. 
Right. Like this is this is you can you can do better than this. Like this is this is frustrating because we know for a fact that the author can tell a cohesive story. Exactly. We've seen them do it. Yep. If this was volume one, then we might go, oh, we're in for a lot of fun with this. This is going to be garbage right. all the way through. Right. But we've seen this guy do good stories. The first two volumes, I genuinely really, really enjoyed. Yep. Uh, and, and that's my proof to show that I'm not just here to be a hater and shit on somebody. You know, it's like, right. I think this is the first time I ever used the expression, be a hater. Uh, <laughs> but it's like, the, the, just nothing happens. Our protagonist stands there in the nude and, and, and is devoured by flame while this fight happens and then suddenly he's back in the bathroom he's back in the bedroom he's reading one of the you know esoteric texts yeah that characters like this reading these things and then suddenly we get a backup uh, and we realize that uh he has uh he has murdered uh, uh the the his his bisexual friends there yep um and uh and and he has this you know moment there of realization yeah uh, and he says I'm, i must face the truth of my situation which you know what that's pretty good actually that's a good line that's a good line i think had i can see a way that this story is better i can pull aside the veil <laughs> of what it is and i can see a better version of this where we because we have to connect with the protagonist in some way, right? Mm. There, There is something that has to draw a line, even if it's just a faint dotted line between the audience and the protagonist, in order to really follow them through the, the plot. Because plot is right. plot. Who cares about plot? It's all about character. And if you're not with the characters, if there's not, if you're not... If you don't, in, even if it's a villain, you still have to do something. If you're telling something from an anti-hero or a villain's point of view, you still have to, you know, you still kind of wish pull. You pull for Tony Montana, you know, <laughs> like, right? Right. Like you pull for 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 even a if long, you don't actively pull for him, even if you don't actively you know, pull for them, you're still invested. And that's exactly that's, that's the, the word, word I'm looking invested. for. You're still invested yeah. in you're who they are. And what their journey is. You're not invested yes. in the plot. You're invested in their journey. And you never actually know who this person is. So there's never no. a chance to become invested in a yeah. more perfect version of this story. Not more perfect. Because that's that's bullshit. No story is ever Let's perfect say or close. A, to, a better a, version. In a, in a gooder version in of this story. In a gooder version of this story. <laughs> you become familiar with who this person is. And you're drawn into them. Right. You're right. drawn into and invested in the character. The right. his realization, his his the realization that he has to confront the truth of his situation should also be the audience's re- realization that he must con- f- confront the truth of his situation. He's you, telling you a lot of what he needs to do. Right. He's telling you that he needs to do it. You're not realizing it with him. Right. You're not you're not because you don't know anything about him. We've also, this is basically the story of some guy slipping into Mandis, which, you know what? Classic storyline. Nothing wrong Classic. with that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But, and we've seen it in this very series before uh, with the, uh, with the priest. Yeah, volume two, I believe. And the scientist. Yep. And absolutely. And we got to know them. 
Yep. And we got to know little things about them. Women that one guy has crush has a crush on, you know, a little bit about their background, just just little bits, just little moments that make us go, okay, I know who you are. You know, there are authors that definitely overdo that. You know, Stephen King, if he wasn't so obsessed with that, uh, it could have been, you know, three or four hundred pages long. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, it, it but it's it's something and we're not getting any of that. We're getting little glimpses of his past, like. I guess he was in a war, you know, but nothing. And I guess he likes to fuck. Yep. You know, but all of his dialogue. And I think, you know what I think would have made this better, Kevin? Hmm. Another character. Yeah. Like a single other person for him to talk to. Yeah. Like just to just to relate with as a human being. Right. That that I think might have fixed a lot of problems. I don't know if it would have been a great. Yeah storyline but but it would have fixed a lot of problems because right now the the story is being entirely told through a disembodied voice basically yeah it's being told it's it's good fella rules you know <laughs> we're i we're really think there's a we're, i don't think there's a single okay no i was wrong i was wrong there are there are like a handful of word bubbles in this yeah less than 10 right yeah, everything else is is inner monologue. Yeah, um, he's Garfield. He's Garfield. <laughs> yeah, there is there is a brief interaction with Eileen the Crow out in the middle yep. of the woods, similar to the interaction she had in the previous ish in the previous uh, arc. Right. Well, actually, and I think that is interesting. Um, you know, you figure the author probably knew this is his last storyline on this particular book. Because he starts to interact with previous moments uh, right. a lot. You know, he's watching. We, we, he joins the werewolf being crucified moment uh, that we saw in the first volume. Yep. Um, and the, uh, what was the, I think, was the, he's on the bridge nude again. He's nude. He's just constantly nude. He's naked a lot. Yeah. Um, and he's watching, he's in the city of Yarnum on the bridge where, uh, He's watching another fight happen. Between... Yeah, fighting he, the fight with the cleric beast. Yes, yes. And and just witnessing all this stuff. He witnesses. He's Mark from Rent. And Mark from Rent is the worst. <laughs> and the only people who don't think so are, are 14 to 17-year-old soon-to-be theater majors. <laughs> and 14 to 17-year-old soon-to-be theater majors are the worst. <laughs> Uh, you were a theater uh, theater major, were you not? I I was I was a theater major, yeah. <laughs> and I and I and I liked Mark. Uh, so <laughs> so I'm coming from I'm coming at you real. I'm I'm the former like drug dealer who comes to your elementary school and tells you about how you know the only people who like dope are dopes. Like I'm that guy. Uh, you're coming very, at very you're cool. coming at it with a good with a nice level of self self loathing. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> just just enough. <laughs> so, yeah, and that brings us to what you were talking about before with um, him nude uh, in the forest, uh, uh, interacting with Eileen the Crow. And it's, it's kind of his only um, actual speaking moment when he asks Eileen if she can see him. Yeah. And uh, I actually... And this is actually pretty good, and it's frustrating to me because it's not bad. Uh, uh, he asks Eileen if if she can see him, and she says, uh, "I can see a shape." 
Right. Uh, is it you? Uh, I guess assuming maybe that this is the the brother that she was referencing now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and he says, I'm a traveler. And she says, aren't we all does the Herm thing, uh, which is straight out of Watchmen. Mm. Uh, that's a, that's a Rorschach reference. If I ever saw one. Yeah. And, and then, and then seems to sense that the forest is burning, even though it isn't and asks him, what have you done? Which is fucking cool. Yeah. That's good. Like, it, but it's nothing. A, it's a nice chilling. What have you done? Yeah. Is one of my favorite uh, Jacques lines that you can say to somebody. Absolutely, that's so good. What have you done? Yeah, like that's 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 just that, that's. It's so loaded. Ugh. Yes, it's not. It's not. Have you done something? It's. It's not. Is do you have something you want to tell me? It's. it's I know you've done something. What, what have you it? done? Ugh. It's a good line, and and it's kind of wasted here. Yeah, <laughs> and and then he's back to the city, and the city's in flames, and we're meant to believe, I suppose, that he's somehow responsible for it. Yeah, we're somehow. And, yeah, we're we're he's supposed to be responsible for it. I guess we get into the next like chapter. And he's witnessing the scene from the first, um, yes, the first from volume one from volume one, where the hunter is taking Fish Boy. Um, oh, Fish Boy, I miss you. I we, miss you. Fish we didn't Boy. know what we we didn't know what we had with you, Fish Boy. <laughs> it was a simpler time. It was the exact it was. it was the exact moment where the fish child. Uh, navigates the hunter around the amygdala monster. Yes. Um, Great moment. It's a great moment. And the fish boy sees our traveler dude in the background, and then he disappears again. And now he is in a classic padded room. Yeah. Classic straitjacket padded room. Stains the whole nine yards. Yep. And and he's just it's just yeah he's backing up back in the he's in the loony bin what why else should, should we call it why why should we call it anything else yeah yeah and I believe this is a reference this is where I I I think he's the character that I think he is I didn't bother looking looking it up but um, because there is a moment where you do cross through what appears to be like an old school insane asylum you you're you basically yeah. are cutting through it you're not. You're not really staying there. <laughs> it's it's yeah. like a set piece that you kind of cut through between a after a boss fight. Um, so, yeah, he he starts having more visions while he's in this padded room. He sees mm-hmm. the corpses of fallen soldiers piled up so high that they form the emblem of a of two weeping women that happen to be match the emblem of. That is on a door, I believe, out front of the mm-hmm. building. And, you know, we just we have more of the have, there's more of the thought bubbles, but there they don't shed any more light than what we have already said, because no. it's stuff like what would you need to hear from me? What purpose would it serve? Am I helping you not to see me? Is this why you came to me to avoid it all the same way I ran away in my adventures? And oh, and then and then we get the greatest part, the greatest 
least self-aware moment in the entire volume. Uh, because, and it's co- accompanied by a pretty amazing piece of art. He's supposedly, I guess, in the sewer somewhere yeah. where the old blood first came uh, to the people of the city. And he says, do you want to know about the great old ones whose blood began it all? Do you want me to tell you a story? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes, we do. Tell a story. That's a novel idea. <laughs> oh, my God. How, how, how we're fucking unself-aware can you be? 5% of the way through this story, and it now it's, do you want to hear a story? I'm like, yeah, we kind of yeah. did on page one. Yes, we did. That's why I bought this. I wanted a story. Yeah. Call me a child. I thought maybe a story would be interesting. I, I don't know. I didn't realize that you had a treatise. Uh, 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 prepared for madness, uh, uh, written as written by someone who's only ever heard of madness in episodes of Are You Afraid of the Dark? But <laughs> and then it's I, there's I, like a there's like a middle finger to the reader on the next page where it says <laughs> a simple story that satisfies you. You're like fuck <laughs> you. That's exactly what it is. It's exactly what it is. A story of a man gone insane by the traumas he incurred. That sounds fun. Sure. Sure. It, but, you know, you know, stories have beginnings, middles, and ends. They have plot lines. Uh, they, they, this is just, and he's, and I guess now he's drinking the blood of the old gods. Yeah. Yeah, it, that, it, that happened. It, it kind of like hints that, you know, maybe he was the person who found the old blood first. Mm-hmm. Maybe. I don't know. I think that makes, maybe that makes him Lawrence? I'm not sure that that's the thing. Now tell me, just in case, tell me who that is. Let's just in case. Maybe, um, maybe this is who it is. I'm, I'm dusting off some memories. Lawrence was a scholar of Bergenworth okay. who believed that the old blood could be. I'm probably get I'm like half remembering this because it all ends up running together eventually. I believe he was a scholar of Bergenworth who believed that the old blood could be used to heal. And then he split off and formed the Healing Church, maybe. Okay. But I'm not sure that would make this him. Um, I don't know. It's 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 out there. I would have to I would have to dig through the Bloodborne lore. That being said, it shouldn't matter. You shouldn't no. have to in order to enjoy this story. No. No. And yeah, and it brings us to we get we get a, a the classic shining moment of like, is it if if the ghost isn't real, then how did it unlock the door? Basically, he's in his straitjacket and a you know dead soldier from all of the moments he's been picturing in his mind of the war zone he's been a part of. Basically, unties him from uh, the straitjacket, yep. and uh, he wanders through a mental house that is just. Filled with dead bodies. Everyone's uh, he's dead. He's the only survivor. Yep. Yeah, everyone's dead. And he makes his way out to the city, which is on fire, uh, pokes his own eyeballs out with his fingers. Yep. Um, and asks us if we are entertained. And I think it's clear that, that what our answer is on that. And uh, our final shot is the face that had peered out from him uh, underwater at the veil. Uh, is basically a part of the flames yep. that are consuming the city. Yeah. And that is Bloodborne the Veil, comma, 
torn asunder. Yeah. The end. Okay. So. Okay. Mm. Mm. Um. Right. Yeah, that happens. This is. This is. This is. You know what? You know who I feel really bad for, Kevin. Uh, the artist. The artist. Yes. <laughs> yes. Thank you. You see, you get it. This is why we're doing this show together. You fucking get it. Yes, that's immediately where my mind went. I was like, this is such good work. He's such a good artist. He has wonderful sense of like action moments. He can make a landscape, a cityscape, monsters, everything. It's, this artist is fucking nailing it. And 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 it's like it's like if you're in a play uh and you're you you know and you're in a and you're in a duo you know like you, yeah. you're playing two characters you're you're playing one character and this other guy's playing another character and you go home and you study your lines you study your choreography and you fucking come in every day ready to go and he comes in stinking of Jägermeister and maybe he gets a quarter of his lines <laughs> and the fact that you're actually trying yeah. almost makes the entire performance look worse because it's that stilted yep that's what it's so frustrating yeah. because this guy is good. It's he's it you know in film terms I would say it's I think Tim Burton is wildly overrated. Sure. Uh it's basically Bo Welsh who is his production designer who is basically mm. responsible for the quote unquote Tim Burton aesthetic as we know it. Oh, now that's fascinating. I did not know. Bo Welsh is, is Tim Burton's production designer, and he's been the production designer since forever. He's He's been working with, with Tim Burton forever. I don't know if he's still working with him, but Bo Welsh is the one who actually cre- like turns Tim Burton's ideas into reality for film purposes. Right. So it's like Bo Welsh, who is basically knocking it out of the park every Tim Burton movie, because that's the one thing is the Tim Burton movies never skimp on the production design. Absolutely not. But then it's Tim Burton and he casts, you know, it, because of Tim Burton, he casts Johnny Depp in a wildly miscast role and you have to just live sure. with it. <laughs> yeah. You just have to deal because that's what he does. <laughs> and that's just it. It's like, and I think it's extra frustrating because as we've pointed out before, we know this writer can write. Yeah, we do. It's it's like it's like it's like when your dad like pulls the whole like I'm not mad at you I'm disappointed yeah like if we if we started this you and I'd be able to go we'd be able to go through all the volumes and go oh well we we know the writer fucking sucks but at least you know we're up front no this writer doesn't suck writer if for whatever reason you're listening to our you know show God I hope not we I hope not either <laughs> yeah at this point good lord uh, I I'm gonna say for certain I don't think you're a shitty writer. I think that something something happened with this this series that he just lost. He ran out of steam. Yeah, he wasn't ready because, as you pointed out already, the stories have less and less to do with Bloodborne as they go on. Yeah, you know, this could have been just any this this might as well have been a short story, uh, a you know, some measly short story. That the problem is we wouldn't have gotten sold otherwise, right? You know, this by itself, without the Bloodborne franchise to back it up, you couldn't have sold this. Nope. No one would have read this. No. No one would give a shit. It's 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 love it's diet Lovecraft, basically. Right. It's 
it's written by it, it just sounds like a storyline of somebody who has heard of Lovecraft from a friend, but not never actually read it or or something like that. It's like I've read books that were based on Lovecraft and I read fan fiction. Uh, no, no, not even that. I read fan fiction that was based on books that were based on Lovecraft. And I took that to be Lovecraft because you know what? I'm just going to say it. I'm going to say it. And, I, and, and if y'all need to, re, you know, revoke my geek card or come at me or something like that, bring it nerds. But none of you really like Lovecraft. <laughs> like there's like there's like a there's like a handful of you who actually enjoy Lovecraft. I like aspects of Lovecraft because I'm a monster guy and Lovecraft made some kick ass monsters. Let's face facts. Right. But have you read Lovecraft? It's painful. Yeah. If I'm going to be honest, I've tried and quit several times. Yes. And, and we are lucky enough to live in a world where there are some really great artists yeah. who have taken the better parts of Lovecraft because those parts do exist. Uh, and taken the better aspects of it and shaken and, and interpreted the words and the world that he was trying to make. And they took that, those, the, the obtuse writing of that man out of our plebeian hands and, uh, you know, or plebeian or whatever you want to say, you know, and, and sure. said, here, let me make something that's a little more digestible and interesting. And that's how we get Bloodborne. That's how we get uh, Darkest Dungeon. Yeah, Darkest Dungeon. Uh, you know, which. Absolutely, which I think might be one of the greatest Lovecraftian video games ever made. It gets it. It gets the horror. It gets the you know. It's still it's still an action RPG. Well, not an action RPG, but you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's it's still it's still got monster because the whole point with Lovecraft is you can't win. Right. You cannot win. Yeah. Uh, and that's and and that's very grim, dark, and it attracts certain people. Like it's, it appears to have attracted her author. Um. And it, so it does have aspects of like fighting and, you know, succeeding every now and then. But ultimately, you know, you're trying to take care of your sanity and your mental health. And, and right. it, it's crazy. Um, and it's really well done. And, and thank God we have those yeah. game designers yeah. and, and writers, you know, who, who can, are inspired by that. They kind can of distill thing. it down to the essence of what made it interesting and discard literally everything else including the racism right 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 and and you know and it's like most there's so many people are like oh i love hp lovecraft and i'm gonna i can very confidently say 95 percent of you do not love hp lovecraft you have a, a cthulhu plushie and that's it and that's fine <laughs> you know what that's fine that is fine. there's there's an that is fine cthulhu is a fucking kick-ass design there's a reason that he's as popular as he is. There's there's something about him that's it's a great design. Right. It's spooky. The cosmic horror is appealing, but this feels like you know this feels like someone who, God, he was trying too hard or he wasn't trying enough, and I can't figure out which is which. Yeah, with this guy, it's frustrating. Uh, and I know I'm going off on a tear. No, here, I, but it's like I appreciate the tear. <laughs> it's just so frustrating because it's like. Were you under a deadline, dude? Probably. Is that what I, it was? I wouldn't be surprised if it was. Yeah. If it was. All right. You got to crank out 16 scripts because that's what it totals out to 16 scripts. Right. right. You got to crank out 16 scripts, you know, break it out into four, four issues of four. And you got to have them. You got to have them turned over to the artist in three months or something like that. Right. And, and it feels it, it it feels like he was just like. 
it just didn't have a plot for this last volume at all. Yeah. And basically just did the weaker aspects of volume three, which like you said, I'm starting to grow and enjoy more and more. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and, and just, and because if you're, if you're a halfway intelligent guy, especially let's say if you're a halfway intelligent white guy, especially, uh, there is a level that exists in all of us on a certain level that we have to come to grips with, uh, where we just kind of feel smarter than everybody sometimes, you know, especially if you're creative and especially if you're like 22. Right. <laughs> and thankfully, some of us, a lot of us grow out of it. Most I, I would I would argue most do. Yeah. Uh, at least at least beyond the most obnoxious, uh, blatantly. Uh, uh, you know, yeah, horrifying most, ways. Almost, almost every white man is exceedingly mediocre and doesn't think that they are. Right, right, <laughs> and 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 if you, but if you have a little bit of intelligence, I can see where you'd make a script like this because you're like, oh, if I wax poetic enough, yeah, if I get real purple with my prose and get real drifty and dreamy and all that shit. Uh, then no one will notice, but people will think I'm a genius because they don't get it. And none will dare argue uh, that I don't know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Uh, because I'm clearly, I clearly have this huge uh, uh, mind. What do they do? What's the meme with the, the, oh, the, the galaxy? The universe? The, yeah. The galaxy yeah. brain. Uh, yeah. I got a galaxy brain and, and uh, you know, and with this guy's kick-ass artistry and this franchise that's well-respected and loved, uh, backing me up, no one will fuck with me too much over this, and, and I'm here to say fuck you, like I right. and I hope and I hope that I'm wrong. I hope that I'm wrong. Like I, I well, not hope. I don't. I don't want to hurt anybody's fucking feelings, man. I don't want to, you know. But but the fact of the matter is, is this is not good work. Right. This is not good work. It's pretentious. The artist is wa- uh, wasted. Yep. On it, uh, the monsters are wasted on it. Yep. He's got it's got almost nothing to do with Bloodborne. Bloodborne at its core, I'm sorry, is about fighting big, scary monsters. It, it's got it's got a lot of this lore and it's got all kinds of shit. But when you get down to it, when you play Bloodborne, most of your time is spent fighting big, scary monsters. Right. And and when you have a whole volume, you have four whole issues and all that happens with any of those big, scary monsters is your protagonist watches them fight and goes, oh, oh, you fucked up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What a dire frustration. (sighs) Oh, my God. Yeah. What are we reading next, Kevin? Oh, we are reading uh, Far Cry. Far Cry Absolution, I believe is what Far Cry. Oh, well, I'm I'm sure that can't be fucked up. (laughs) (laughs) So Far Cry Absolution is based on what? Far Cry 5? Far Cry Five, which I I'm, I'm a I actually am a a giant nerd for Far Cry, yeah, uh, in general, and I really enjoyed Far Cry Five, so I'm actually really looking forward to this one. Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to forward to it too. I wonder how it's going to deal with the fact that I believe isn't Far Cry one of the games where the creators are like, oh no, it's not political at all, or they kind of shy away uh, from they. It's like it's like maybe it's Ubi. Is it Ubisoft? Ubisoft, yeah. Yeah, then definitely. It's like one. Um, I don't, it's like only w- dipping one toe into the water and of being political. Yeah. And be like, no, it, we're not talking about 
white extremism. And the next one, and the next one takes place, I think, in like Mexico City. Yeah, or something. and it's and uh, uh, Giancarlo. Rebel. Is it Giancarlo Esposito? Yeah. Uh, oh God, I love that man. I love that man so much. He's such a good actor. Yeah, I'm really pumped about that. The thing for me with with Far Cry is it, it's yeah, it's kind of like Grand Theft Auto with a nice squeezing of Hunter S. Thompson on top of it. Yeah. <laughs> like it's really drug fueled and insane. Um, you know, but, uh, but it's still got these kind of stupid moments and characters and jokes in it where you're like, who the fuck are you? Right. Jesus Christ. But mostly it's like just a big explodey adventure in paradise. Nine times out of 10. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I'm basically going to take this as an opportunity to, to, play some more Far Cry 5 yeah, and then when the, the sixth one comes I, out. I really October, hope that so. I really hope it's mostly just explodiness and um and and some nice action. It'll it'll be a break. Yeah. I want it to I'm hoping it's straightforward because I don't really have the tolerance for uh any more veils being torn asunder. <laughs> <laughs> let's keep those veils in one let's piece. Let's keep those veils in one piece. Who's tearing the veils up? Please let's who's who's doing that? Who's doing that? Which one are you? Which, which one are you doing? Veils, you it's, it's such a it's such a fragile material that the veils are right. made out of. Who would do that? Someone someone had a, someone paid good money for those veils. It's a waste. It's a waste. <laughs> but it's done. It, That's what's important. Damn it, it is done. Uh, so Bloodborne, the Bloodborne series as a whole, what do you rate it? Oh man, um, it starts out, I'd say like an eight to a seven and a half, and then plummets to like a three. Um, as it goes on, yeah. uh, I, I'd say, I'd say if you could evenly div, you know, kind of do the math where it, it's like even drops from a seven to a five from a five, you know, or, you know, something like that. Um, I would say that's how it was and, and anything, and I will, and, and I will not, cannot give it a, a zero or anything like that. Um, uh, simply because the artwork is just fan fucking tastic. Yep. Um, and that counts for something because it's a comic book for Christ's sake, you know, so yeah. that's always there. So, I, yeah, I'd say I'd say the first one's an eight, second one's a six, the third one's a four and the last one's a two. Yeah, that's pretty much how it steps down. Yeah. 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 That, if you're if you're a Bloodborne fan, then, yeah, pick up volume one and two. And you're probably fine after yeah. that, unless you've got a real love for uh, Eileen the Crow. Yeah. And or you just like collecting the entirety of things. Yeah. 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 If you want if you want the whole thing, I don't believe there's any intention. And based on the writing, you get the distinct impression that this is it. Yeah. Um, I think it's just the four volumes. This last one came out last year at some point. So yep. I think we'd have a fifth by now if there was one. Yeah. But you know what? We'll keep our eyes. peeled. We will keep our eyes peeled here at Pixel It. Thank you all for listening to us ramble on about Bloodborne, the veil torn asunder. Just as a reminder, you can follow us on Twitter at PixelitPod, and we are available on every podcast platform, so tell your friends. And we do have a Discord now, so please check our Twitter for more information on how to get into that. Um, We have... Phil and I are in there. Phil's on there occasionally, but I'm on there every now and, every now and then. And we have some friends <laughs> on there. Um, it's 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 just a good time. So if you want to hang out, you want more timely updates on the status of the podcast or or what have you, then consider joining our Discord. 
That'll do it for uh, for us today. I've been Kevin. I've been Phil. And take care, everybody.